Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen and reigning Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the Good Shepherd. Amen. Of all the I am statements of Jesus, there is perhaps none more cherished and beloved than the Good Shepherd. In fact, during the first several centuries of the church, it was the dominant image for Jesus and symbol of the Christian faith. But in order to understand this image, it helps to know a few things about shepherds in Palestine. First, they do not use sheepdogs and they do not drive their sheep. Instead, they go ahead of their sheep and call out to them, often by singing a little song. And the sheep follow after their shepherd's call, even if they're in the midst of a larger group of sheep made up of multiple flocks. But the sheep will not follow anyone else's call or voice 
because the sheep always know their shepherd. And a good shepherd always knows each one of his sheep. And if away from the village at night, the shepherd will always lead his sheep to a cave or, or an enclosure, and he will place his staff over the opening, and as each of the sheep enters one by one, he calls out each of them by name. And then the shepherd will sleep there in the opening, his body literally becoming the gate for the sheep, protecting them with his own life. As Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep. I know my own and my own know me, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Of course, that's precisely what we remember during this season of Lent, how Jesus laid down his life for us on the cross that we might enter into new life and have it abundantly. And through his death on the cross, in a mystery that we can't fully understand, we are brought into an intimate relationship with Jesus, just like he himself shares with his Father. And like a good shepherd, Jesus always knows each of the sheep in his flock by name. The question is, how well do we know the Good Shepherd? And are we learning to recognize and follow His voice? During the season of Lent, we, we slow down so that we can learn to pay more attention to the Good Shepherd's voice because it so easily becomes drowned out by so many other voices that we frantically running ar run around trying to satisfy, thinking that they will give us the life we are yearning for. And then we wonder why we continue to feel anxious and, and disappointed, like, well, like lost sheep without a shepherd. Well, back in first century Palestine, the Jewish people were also feeling like lost sheep. And they had been waiting for their shepherd to arrive for a very long time. You see, early in the sixth century BC, the Babylonians had conquered Jerusalem, destroying the temple and carrying the people off into exile. According to the prophets of Israel, the exile was a result of their idolatry and injustice and unfaithfulness to God. Blame was especially laid at the feet of their kings and other leaders who were accused of being bad shepherds to the flock of Israel. See, in the ancient world, kings in particular were often portrayed as shepherds who cared for their people, providing for their needs and protecting them from danger. But Israel's prophets claimed that their kings and their priests had betrayed their calling as shepherds of Israel, instead looking out for their own interests, filling their own pockets, stuffing their own bellies, rather than caring for the most vulnerable members of their society. As the prophet Ezekiel writes, thus says the Lord God, ah, you shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? 
But you eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the sheep. You have not strengthened the weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strayed. You have not sought the lost. But with force and harshness, you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. Ezekiel claims that it was the leaders of their people, their selfish priorities and their unfaithfulness to God that were the primary reason for their nation's downfall. After all, a people will always become like those they choose to follow, and the leader's characteristics and qualities will eventually become the qualities of the people. Fortunately for the people of Judah, God did not abandon them despite their unfaithfulness. And through the prophet Ezekiel, God assures them that that one day God himself would would come to find them, searching for them like a, a shepherd searching for his lost sheep. And he will come and gather up his flock and bring them back to their own land where they would feed on rich pastures. I myself will come and be the shepherd of my sheep, God says, and I will make them lie down reminding the people of the words of their beloved King David, the Lord is my shepherd who makes me lie down in green pastures. But God then goes on to say that he will raise up over his people one shepherd, his servant David, and he shall feed them and be prince among them. And so the people began waiting with anticipation for a descendant of David to come and establish justice by defeating their enemies and ruling over them as God's Messiah. And yet, there still lingered that mysterious promise that one day God himself would come and be their shepherd. And so they waited and waited And eventually, without much fanfare, they were allowed to return to Jerusalem, which they found in shambles, and they had to struggle just to survive. This was not the glorious return any of them had imagined. And so they thought perhaps the reason God had not yet fulfilled His promises was because the temple was still in ruins, and maybe if they rebuilt it, then God would send His Messiah to come and save them. Eventually, the temple was rebuilt, and yet still no messianic shepherd, no liberation from foreign powers. They had come back to their own land, and yet they still felt like lost sheep without a shepherd. I wonder, does anyone here feel like a lost sheep? searching for a a place to belong or, or for green, rich pastures on which to nourish your hungry soul? You know, maybe your job is just crushing your spirit and you so wish you could find greener pastures somewhere else. 
Or maybe a significant relationship in your life has come to an end or, or someone you dearly loved is now gone and, and you just feel so lost without their voice in your life. Or maybe you've lost your job or you've recently retired or your kids are now gone and you're struggling to find your own voice in life and a sense of purpose again. Or maybe there's just an emptiness inside you and no matter how you try to fill it, that emptiness remains. Maybe you too feel like a lost sheep waiting for a shepherd. Well, for hundreds of years, the Jewish people waited. And by the first century AD, Messianic hopes had reached a fever pitch as Israel was now occupied by the hated Romans. And there arose a cacophony of voices in Israel, each one claiming to have the answers to their problems and to be the gateway to greener pastures. There were the Pharisees who urged the people to obey the law, believing that God would surely send his Messiah if the people just stopped sinning. There were the Sadducees, the ruling priestly families of Jerusalem, who collaborated with the Roman occupiers in order to maintain their own power and privilege and wealth. They urged the people to maintain the status quo and not upset the apple cart. After all, things could get much worse. There were the Zealots, who urged the people to take up arms and violently rid their land of foreigners for God and country. And of course, there were also other voices claiming to be the promised shepherd. But in the end, all these voices turned out to be nothing but thieves and bandits, false shepherds who could not give the people what they needed most. Not freedom from Rome, but freedom from their sins and a right relationship with God. And all these other voices made it hard for them to hear and recognize the true Savior's voice when he did finally arrive in the person of Jesus. And when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, not only was he fulfilling that promise that, that one day a, a descendant of David would come and rule over his people and, and set them free, but as the Word of God made flesh, He was also the fulfillment of that mysterious promise that, that one day God Himself would come and be our shepherd. And in Jesus Christ, God has come to find all of His lost sheep and to feed us with the bread of life, especially the most vulnerable members of His flock. And He's come to lead us back to the paths of righteousness from which we all have strayed, having listened to the voice of strangers. The truth is, we too are being bombarded by a cacophony of voices, each one calling us to follow them. The voices of bosses telling us to pick it up and work harder and to produce more at work of advertisers telling us we really need that newest thing, 
of news agencies telling us to listen to them because they alone have the real news, of politicians telling us that they alone can save our country and to believe them when they tell us whatever sounds like truth to them that day, of social media telling us we have to keep up with everyone else's accomplishments and achievements and success and perfection. These voices tell us uh, to, to, to do more, to get more, to buy more, to be more, and yet none of them are as loud as that voice inside us telling us that if, if only we could get our lives just right, then maybe God would fulfill all of his promises and lead us to that greener grass that we are so longing for, whatever holy grail we are chasing after this year. And many of us worry we're never going to find it. So out of our fear and anxiety, we, we follow one seductive voice after another, which inevitably lead us further and further from the Good Shepherd's fold. Eventually, we find ourselves lost in some dark valley, which is when the real trouble begins. For you see, when a sheep realizes that it's lost, it stays where it is and waits for its shepherd to come find it. But as psychologist Rollo May has observed, humans are the strangest of all God's creatures because they run fastest when they have lost their way. And it is when we are running because we feel lost that we make our biggest mistakes in life. Mistakes in our marriages, mistakes at our jobs, mistakes with our children, mistakes with God, all because we have missed the point of life, which is to know and love the Good Shepherd and follow where He leads us, that we might enter into the abundant life that He was literally dying to give us. But as long as we're on the run, chasing greener pastures. We will not be able to hear our shepherd's voice when he calls out to us. This is why worship is so important. Because here we come to slow down to listen to God's Word and to commune with God in prayer as we learn to know our shepherd's voice so that when we leave here and go into our homes and our schools and our jobs, we're able to hear Him when He calls out to us and not be led astray by thieves and bandits. And there are many wolves in sheep's clothing out there trying to lure us away from the paths of righteousness. But when you know and love the Good Shepherd, you can recognize His voice even in the midst of all the noise and busyness of life. And the truth is, the Good Shepherd is calling each one of us by name. Remember, 
In the waters of baptism, Jesus has claimed us as his own, as a sheep of his own flock, as a sinner of his own redeeming, that we might join him in his mission to find his other lost sheep in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our city. And he's calling us to feed them with the good news of the gospel with love and support, and of course, with food. This is especially true of the most vulnerable members of our society who have a very special place in the Good Shepherd's heart. That's why our church is engaged in so many ministries that provide food for those who are in need. In doing so, we are acting as the body of Christ, as the hands and feet of the Good Shepherd tending to his hungry sheep. This is also why we're building a new playground here at the church, so that the littlest lambs in this flock have a safe place to frolic and to grow as they learn to know and follow the Good Shepherd. But if any of us is going to be able to participate in Christ's mission, we're going to have to stop running so that we can learn to recognize the Good Shepherd's voice, following where he leads us, and doing as he commands. Now maybe, maybe you have wandered far from the fold of God, having listened to the voice of strangers, and now you've become lost in some dark valley. Do not be afraid, for the Good Shepherd has come to find you. And he's bringing his rod and his staff to comfort you. And he's come to to bring you back that you might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where at the cost of his own life, he has prepared a place for you. And he is calling out your name. The Good Shepherd is calling out your name. Are you listening? Amen.